marijuana. Fresca. It's a refreshing grapefruit beverage. Yeah, I I had that at your house when we were moving. Uh huh. And when you were moving out, and I had it, and I was. OMG, this is so good. It was actually when I was helping you the night before. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then that day I looked in there and see if there was another one. Mm-hmm. And there was. It's so delicious. It's yeah. a refreshing grapefruit beverage. It is a refreshing no grapefruit beverage. No caffeine. No caffeine and not a lot of calories. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So, who are you? Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Vicky. And we are... Telling on ourselves. Yes, we are telling on ourselves today. Juicy, juicy. Lynn has a juicy first thought wrong today. As I uh, told Vicky, I said, do you have a first thought wrong? And and she's like, hmm. I said, well, I have a shameful one. She goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Giddy up. Let's hear it. So... Um, of course, it's work related because you know, I, and I say I've noticed I say this because I'm spending eighty percent of my time at work, um, and apparently that's where my character defects comes out. Mm. And I don't even like to call them defects anymore. I like to think about the times that I am being reactionary instead of responding. Good point. Yes, and uh, more apt to in those situations because you know it's high stress. It's like a big boiling pot that you're throwing a bunch of ingredients in and seeing what explodes. All kinds of personalities. And, <laughs> right. And Has anyone ever put baking soda and vinegar together? No. Um, it, it, it bubbles. Ooh. Um, that's how you make homemade volcanoes and that's kind of what happens on a day-to-day basis pretty much. So <laughs> <laughs> we were having for our residents a beer tasting. We did a wine tasting a couple of months ago and we decided to do a beer tasting and uh, you know that's a little bit awkward for me because I don't taste them and there's so many new craft beers out now. It's like I used to know craft beer stuff pretty well. I worked at a brewery for a while. In the 90s or in the 2000s? Early 2000s, yeah. When breweries were just starting to kind of pop up everywhere where it was more, it wasn't just the big dogs anymore, you know, other people were jumping in. So I understood about the ABV, the alcohol by volume and all that kind of stuff. But these new ones, and it, we used three locals and then old style, which I thought was kind of fun that we used that one. But I didn't know a lot about them, so I had to go online and read. And you know, when you're asking people um, about that, like, what does this taste like, or what is it like, or what is it close to? Because I had to have food to go with it, so I, I was doing research online. And I probably was not feeling 100% confident about food pairings with the beer because it was kind of going in blind. Um, so that day, of course, you know, scrambling because we still have our regular stuff to do and I'm uh, getting it together. And I had it pretty simple, but um, one of the people that works for me, she had some extra time and she said, can I help you with anything? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, yes, can you make the chicken salad? And it was kind of funny because she said, what do you want in it? I said, I want it to be plain. And then she go, do you want celery in it? No, I want it to be plain. Do you want relish in it? No, I want it to be plain. So we kind of went through that whole thing and I said, thing starts at 2.30, so please, this was like at 11.30 in the morning. Please have it up to the other kitchen by 2 o'clock. Okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. So I'm getting all the other stuff together, 2.15, no, no chicken salad. And then 2.20, no chicken salad. So I call because I don't have time to run over to the other kitchen. No answer. So then 2.25, call again, like called four times. No answer, no answer. So I run over to the other kitchen, and on the counter is a, a bowl with like three chicken breasts. And I pick up, and I bring them over to the other kitchen. I'm just going to chop it up real quick. And, you know, I told um, the Jill, who's facilitating the tasting, we'll, just, the, we'll have to go out of order because I need a minute for this. So I touched the chicken. It's not even cooked through. It had just been grilled at grill marks, but it hadn't been put in the oven yet. And I'm like, okay, so maybe we're going to have to have a backup plan. By this point, it's 227 because I'm watching the clock like a hawk. And I'm like, okay, Solomon. So I grab Solomon. I'm like, can you do this, this, and this, and put it in the oven and, and you know, fixing, fixing the, the emergency because that's what we do. The person that was supposed to be doing the chicken salad walks in at 228 um, with just chicken. And I'm like... What's going on? And she said, oh, I've just got to mix the chicken salad together. And I looked at the clock and I said, "Um, I needed this, you know, like half an hour ago. What happened? And she said, well, I was up in the other kitchen chopping it up and, you know, just kind of whatever. And I I said, this is why I don't ask you to do things. That is not how I want to communicate with my employees, ever. That's not how I want to communicate with anybody. But there is no way that I can instill any kind of... Um, ownership or pride in my employees if I talk to them that way. But I was in that boiling pot with the vinegar and the baking soda, and I reacted, and I felt about a centimeter tall. So then what happened? Went on with the tasting. After we were finished, I went and found her, and I, I basically said that. 
Um, I said, I reacted. I'm sorry. I was really stressed out. I was frustrated. Never do I ever want to speak to anyone that way because I would never want to be spoken to that way. Um, It's not true what I said. Um, I was, again, in my own head, and can we please move forward? And she was, you know, she felt terrible, and she was like, no, it was right. And I'm like, no, it's not right. She said, no, you were, you were right. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was so you far were right from right. to do some type of uh, coaching and managing mm-hmm. at that time, but le- right, like you, how you said it is, yeah. it's. I, I know, I know that yeah. is the worst because it happens with my kids all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that reaction of you just hurt me, and I'm going to hurt you back. Yeah, and it's like see how it feels. Yeah, and it's like a trauma. It's a trauma response. It is. It's a definite trauma response, mm-hmm. and it's what we were taught. Yeah. And I think that that's the um, the beauty of being in this work and in the twelve steps and, right. and because guess what we know what to do is exactly what you did. Yeah, and it, that was also a good reminder of me of how much work I still have to do. Well, right, which is <laughs> which is interesting because today's uh, topic that I chose without knowing without knowing was why my recovery has to be number one because I have noticed my first thought wrong is that. Other things have been kind of crowding my life, my Mm -hmm. recovery, and not even Mm time-wise. So time hasn't been my issue. It's been emotional energy, what I'm putting towards things and what I'm thinking about and the way I'm proceeding in my days that's a little bit different and I notice I'm feeling a little bit different and I'm reacting a little bit different and I'm being a little bit different. So I just wanted to remind myself Mm -hmm. that my recovery has to be the most important thing, which is why we're bringing it here and telling on ourselves because what we do here is we are two sober girls that are imperfectly living this new life of recovery. And And trying to be open and try to keep growing and practicing the things that we want to be. Mm-hmm. It's like aspiring. You know. Well, and it's living it, right? Mm-hmm. It's living it in, in a way that, okay, well, last week when I did that, that really sucked. And guess what I learned in the rooms? Guess what I learned from my sponsor? Guess what I learned from other people in recovery? That I get to go back and I don't have to be prideful Mm -hmm. and just say, well, that person needed to know that. I got to go back to that person and tell them that. Yeah. And it's funny having teenagers because they don't like when you make amends to them. They get (laughs) irritated about amends. So I have to do it in such a way that is really like... Uh, incognito amends and then sometimes what I find interesting is my daughter does this thing where when she's snappy Mm -hmm. she makes amends to me but in a very different way she doesn't say words because she doesn't want to hear the words right what she does is she does something nice for me she comes home from work and she has a tea for me or she goes out of her way to get something or do something so it's this living amends too so um so that's what's cool is you live in recovery when you, mm-hmm. two hours later, when you're done with the mess and you've had time to process and pause, mm-hmm. you go and clean your side of the street. Clean my side of the street. And <clears throat> I hope that it was a very uh, powerful message for me that I remember the next time I'm in that situation. Because when you are uh, high stress level, uh, feeling pressure, putting pressure on yourself or all these other things. And, you know, it's such a tough thing for me to delegate anything out, especially for something like this, because I could have done it all, but I wanted to share the responsibility because that's also part of my job is to not do everything myself, but to have people help me because they learn, I learn. And then to have it crash and burn, I'm like, well, I'm not doing that again. I can't do that. I can't say, well, I'm not doing that again. I have to keep doing it. And that brings us right to our topic. Because even in your first thought wrong, and even in your amends, Mm -hmm. you were doing this. So I'm going to read to you the reading we had today, um, which really goes hand in hand with my topic. And this is from As Bill Sees It, the AA Way of of Life. Uh, Bill W. wrote these little snippets, and we, we read them from the grapevine. And here's what it says. Acceptance and faith, it's, it's titled All or Nothing. Acceptance and faith are capable of producing 100% sobriety. In fact, they usually do, and they must. Else, 
we could have no life at all. But the moment we carry these attitudes into our emotional problems, we find that only relative results are possible. Nobody can, for example, become completely free from fear, anger, and pride. Hence, in this life, we shall attain nothing like perfect humility and love. So we shall have to settle respecting most of our problems for a very gradual progress, punctuated sometimes by heavy setbacks. Our old-time attitude of all or nothing will have to be abandoned. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in that. So much. Those like few sentences. Yeah, the and and you know the the idea of perfectionism and for me if if I want to get a job done right, I got to do it myself. I I can't do I don't need to. I should not do that in my job because the whole point is that I need to have a team and I can't have a team if I'm doing everything. Right. So I'm going to can I ask some questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like do some on the spot coaching? Yep. Ooh, this is juicy. <laughs> okay, so what's underneath the need to have it be perfect. It's a direct reflection of me. People are going to judge my product, and I know this is the BS, but this is what my brain tells myself. Um, I'm going to be judged by the product that I put out. Okay, it so, is my worth. It's my self worth. Right. So I'm going to bring it to the to the to the steps a little bit here mm-hmm. because that's that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> not really fun in action, <laughs> but so which part of self caused the harm? So was it your self esteem? Was that involved? Mm-hmm. Your personal relationships? Yeah, yeah. Work, yeah. With work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it material security? Absolutely. Could go down that rabbit hole. How about emotional security? Yes. Because that person, why? Um, emotional security is, uh, again, uh, confidence, the self-confidence, self So no meaning in that situation, how would that affect your emotional security? Was it in that relationship with that person, would that make you feel, how would that make you feel? Like what... What really, how would that affect your emotional security? I think it is, again, it's, you know, I'm going to judge myself as being a bad person. Okay, sex instinct, it doesn't go through. Ambitions. Yeah. Social. Sure, I guess. Your status of being a manager, right? Uh, Security. Yes. And sexual. No. No. Um, cause you know, better not, yeah, right. That would be kind of an interesting thing awkward. with all those seniors. Um, okay. <laughs> you never man. know. They have lots of experience. Yep. And obviously a comfortable retirement. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Oh, we are so good at making things wrong. Okay. So now is the, now is the part. So this part is what is the exact nature of my wrongs, faults, mistakes, defects, shortcomings? So were you being selfish? Yes. Dishonest? No. I don't feel like I was. I don't think you were. No, that was like real (laughs) hard Uh, honesty. Self-seeking? Yes. In what way? Again, it's the, 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 how it reflects on me. Mm -hmm. So it's my value and my worth. Perceived. Yeah. Perceived value and worth. Were you afraid? Yes. Of what? Failure. And were you being inconsiderate? Yes. Right. So what they did, what that person did was not right. Mm-hmm. And But here's the thing about Alcoholics Anonymous and, and what I'd like to share why that those questions are so important in my life today when I use them. Because what this reading tells me is I'm never going to do it perfect, mm-hmm. but I get to keep trying if I want to have 100%. Sobriety, recovery, peace, freedom, right, ease in my life, which I found in these twelve years um, sporadically, but I've had very heavy setbacks. Um, is that those questions make me realize that even though that other person was wrong, I still have things that I did that played a part in that situation, mm-hmm. and so you're practiced enough in your recovery. This is why I corrected you when you said <laughs> we're trying to live or whatever. You mm-hmm. are living like we are living in recovery, and it's not perfect, and it's not beautiful, and it's it's frustrating, and it's uncomfortable, and it's beautiful, and it's it's like 
goosebumpy, you know, I'm getting the sparkles. It's all of the wonderful things in life. Like it's expansive. Our lives have expanded so much. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't even be in that job. You would still be in like Zurich Mm -hmm. if you didn't work a program, right? Right. So so what I'm what why those are so important to me personally is that I don't get to judge other people instead of being responsible for my part because when I'm doing that, I am in my disease and I can justify every bad behavior because that is how I stayed drunk for all those 22 years. And so this morning in the meeting, um, it was really interesting. And we, this never, ever happens in meetings. You go around and share. And then Vicki said, I have something. And we call it double dipping. We ended up doing two rounds because that, that's how much this resonated with all of us and in different ways, but really still so similar. And what I was thinking about was the self-talk that my brain does for me personally, and I th- and I think from what I hear, everybody has their own version of this, and I call it hijacking. And it's I will have these conversations where I'm like, I need to do this, yeah, but you know, if you don't, this there's really not going to be a whole lot of fallout from it, and maybe it'll be okay. But and then the other side's going, but you know, that's not the right thing. I really need to do X, and yeah, but you know, just this one time. Well, I have an example. Can I use my example? <laughs> it's like negotiating with yourself. Mm-hmm. It is negotiating with yourself. Oh my God, look at. Frodo right now. <laughs> we'll have to take a picture. Are you the king? Are you the king of the castle? <laughs> this will be our... Frodo, are you the boss? <laughs> take a video. Take a video. Are you, are you, are you, do you want a treat? Want to go on a walk? Oh, I'm so mean. Yeah. Frodo, I love you. I love you, Fro. <laughs> okay, so back to the programming, regular scheduled programming. Sometimes cuteness just takes over your life. As well it should. Yes. That's that's stopping and smelling the roses. Right. Or the daisies. So so last night we, we had a little birthday get together with our friends. A lot of us are born in the month of July. So like a weird amount. Yeah, like there were five of us. And so we went to this party and it was awesome. And I had Friday night gone to a concert. Saturday morning tried to go to a picnic, a recovery picnic, mm-hmm. um, and then came home with the dog. And I was having all kinds of anxiety, and my introvert was having a temper tantrum inside my body. And I went. And you know what's great is when you're with your people, you're so glad you went. Because I didn't even want to go to that. Okay. So then went, had a beautiful time but was exhausted this morning. And I woke up, I set my alarm for 6.30, I woke up, I just said, I have a migraine, because I held a migraine, I I took my medicine, and it was, then I woke up again at 7.30, I set my alarm for another hour, Mm -hmm. and I said, no, I'm not going. I was with a bunch of people from the program, I don't need to go. And then I woke up again at 8.15, and I said, oh, shit. And, And I had this moment of, I could have really justified going to sleep. I could have truly 100% justified it with a good conscience. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was something in me. So this is this is where my recovery takes over. This is where my recovery hijacks my brain. So my recovery said, "Yeah, Vicky, but can you go? And will you possibly feel better because you went? And when's the last time you went to a meeting this week?" All these questions. Mm -hmm. So I had the thought, the one big juicy, lay in bed and feel better and you have a migraine. And But then this other thing brought me there and so many fireworks happened at this meeting that I I was able to clear some things from my soul. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a soul cleansing meeting. Mm -hmm. And so this is why my recovery has to, this is why those thoughts get to be number one. Right. And it's what you practice goes stronger. And it's because we um, have established a habit of needing this. Our habit is that we need to do the meetings, and if we don't do them, we get out of kilter. It's like you get out of alignment. You're out of alignment with yourself. And it's funny because last night at that party, we're like, is anybody hosting the meeting? And someone said, I guess we'll just do it next week. And Bree even said, yeah, but we can't make this a habit. So last night I told myself no meeting. And then I got the text, oh, so-and-so can host it. And I'm like... I was already looking forward to sleeping I in. Know. So I'd already set it up. See, alcoholism is a tricky thing, people. <laughs> yeah. If you have it, 
or any kind of ism, yeah, right? It, it tricks you mm-hmm. because you can really justify it, which is why that person being wrong, you were supposed to do something. Mm-hmm. What you did didn't align with your soul, right? Right. You going to that meeting today helped you uncover some of the things after you had made amends with mm-hmm. that person, and now you get to connect the dots. Tell on yourself, and don't you feel? I mean, I literally I have had goosebumps for the yeah, last minute. Exactly, and the I didn't realize how much I was still holding on to it. My remorse, and I don't want to say shame because I don't think I feel shame um, anymore. I don't want, I don't like to define it as shame, but I definitely have remorse. You still feel shame, just so you know, it still happens. It's Mm -hmm. a subconscious thing. You're going to have it. You and I grew up in the same environment. Shame is okay. We can't live in it and play in it and Mm -hmm. lather ourselves up in it. So I'm really all over you right now because (laughs) you're doing all or nothing as we speak. Mm -hmm. You really are. You're saying, I don't. I don't feel shame anymore. I don't want to feel I shame. I call bullshit yeah. on that. Yeah. And you're okay for that. What I'm trying to to share with you, because I need to hear it for myself, is that you're okay if you feel shame. You are not broken. And shame is a part of our lives, whether we're alcoholic or not alcoholics. And it's a part of our being. And what I've learned from Ms. Brene Brown, is that we just don't have to slather ourselves up in it anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't have to let it define us because, man, I was ashamed of everything and I drank to cover that that up. Yep. Yeah. Um, It's interesting if we can talk about shame for a minute. Um, I was talking to my sister about... Uh, things that I have still holding on to from childhood, and sh- it, mine was shame and honesty. And she goes, "That is so interesting because those are not the things that resonate with me. Those aren't the things that she took away from it. She had different ones: uh, self confidence and and self consciousness and some other things. But even though we were seeing the same thing, same things, exact same things were happening to both of us." what we took away from it was so completely different. And just to have that little epiphany, it's like, oh, those were my gifts that I got. (laughs) Her gifts were different, equally impactful, equally influenced every decision she made in her life, just like it has me. But it doesn't mean I have to live by that anymore. And so when I say I don't want to live with shame anymore, it's that I don't want that to direct my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when it pops up, what do you get to say? I get to say, "Woohoo! What's going on in here? <laughs> I know, what, what, ha- what did I do? <laughs> what do I get to work on today, mother mfer? Motherfucker! <laughs> Yeehaw! Oh, it's just so interesting because I think when you were just saying that about your sister, and I, I I've been having a lot of family things yeah. going on, and um, my core family here with my kids and my family of origin, and what I what what's coming up for me is that we all have these different experiences, right? And they're perfect for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so this is going to get a little wooey, wooey Carolyn Miss type of thing <laughs> about this contract that we have when we come to this earth. And, and, and it, as I go through all these changes, as I uncover all this stuff about myself and I watch other people do the same and I'm also watching my mom do it right as I watch that I do believe there's something to that 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 we chose to come here right somehow in some realm I don't know what realm it is but the, okay so what the sacred contract says is we chose the parents that we have mm-hmm. we chose the siblings that we have we chose the people in our lives we chose the jobs we, cho- we chose these and we are living them out and we have a contract with that person, right? So I have a contract with my mom that my mom is going to teach me this, 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 and this. And I'm going to teach my mom this, this, and this, and this. And we do it in friendships and we do it. In, and what I can say is from hearing that mm-hmm. is so cool that you both are living out your contract and you get to talk about it together. And would you even be doing that if you weren't in recovery? No, absolutely not. And maybe after 15 or 20 years of therapy, perhaps, but I, this just kind of um, put it on the fast track. Yeah. Because I needed to, I, I needed to, I wanted to live. Well, and it reminds me of the first sentence in here. Acceptance and faith are capable of producing 100% sobriety. And then it goes on to say all this stuff, but it also tells us 
that we also have to realize and that we have to settle and we have to like let our soul relax. I have to relax my crack exactly, and realize that, yeah, I'm going to get better at it. And it's a very gradually, mm-hmm. very gradually, motherfucker. Um, and lots then, of lessons. And then sometimes <laughs> it's even punctuated by, oh, shit, you have to sell your house mm-hmm. or go back to the hell of, you know, corporate America and all this stuff. I mean, these heavy setbacks are going to happen. And then what do we do when we're in a moment, when we're stressed? But here's what's so beautiful about that story is that you wouldn't even be in that position because, mm-hmm. first of all, you did not want to manage people. Yep. You Abs- took a risk. Mm-hmm. But look at what it's teaching you in your sacred contract with yourself and your life and all this like, yes. it's incredible. It was such a disaster when I was uh, still drinking and trying to manage people because I couldn't, my life was unmanageable. How in the world was I going to, and and it's now today, um, it's exciting to see how I'm growing and learning from the people that uh, work for me, that I work with. I like to say that better than work for me because I am every day learning a better way to communicate, a better way to do something. And it's because I have these tools and the things they've taught me is that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to tell those people, I'm not sure, I don't know what to do, but let's learn together. Or I made a mistake and I'm going to try to do better. You know, I learned from that mistake and we're not perfect and I don't expect you to be. Yeah. So when you get sober... When you change your life, when you go through a transformation, doesn't mean those things aren't going to come back. Yeah. It means they are, but look at how you look at it right now compared to what you... So you had pride on steroids before, mm-hmm. right? You had that that prideful, want to look good, want to be right, want to... When you're drinking... To. Yeah, yeah it, was, to. it was like survival. And then you got sober mm-hmm. and now pride pops up. Mm-hmm. It's going to pop up. It's a part of you. It's a thread of who you are. And now you can do something about it because you've practiced enough right. that it actually feels wrong. And so, okay. It doesn't align. So I put, I, put, I put myself in this situation where, okay, I did something I'm really ashamed of. I said something to my son I'm ashamed of, let's just say. And I felt, and you, you know, held your fingers up. Mm-hmm. I feel this big. And I feel that feeling again. And here's the thing. I don't have to cover that up anymore. Right. It's that freedom of letting it out. It's the freedom of what we do here and telling ourselves and what we do in meetings and what we do with our sponsor and our friends and our, you know, I was thinking about what my first thought wrong would have been. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, it it was thinking way back when that I would never want to date anyone in the program. (laughs) And right now, having someone in my life in the program has been so helpful Mm -hmm. in these situations that I'm having and these great big setbacks, heavy setbacks of my life or mostly the people around me. And it's been really nice to have someone that understands that I need to rush out of bed and go to my meeting and takes care of my dog for a walk and feeds the dog and we go about our day, but what a gift. And makes the bed. Don't forget that. (laughs) And he made the bed. He made the bed. He made the bed. So when you're having your your moments of humanity, when you (laughs) say something ugly to your son or to your daughter and you've got that regret... What is your process and how long and, and have, have you noticed any differences in how you um, make amends or, you know? Well, yeah. First, first, I go in my room usually or I mm-hmm. take the dog on a walk. I mm-hmm. get out of the situation. That is because when I'm in the situation, those feelings and that old response of wanting to say more, sometimes with Maya, we go back and forth a little bit too much. Not packs as much, but with Maya, I feel like I have to get the last word sometimes, Mm -hmm. and that's how I was with Maya. And it's because she's so dang smart. Well, right. (laughs) And you're like, I can one-up you. (laughs) Because she's partially right, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't see the other side of it. And, and, And I think that developmentally... I think that's just where she's at, right? right? So, but I go in my room and first thing I say is, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. Like, and this parenting job isn't about me, mm-hmm. right? It is uncovering 
like managing. It is uncovering parts of me that I get to grow with, Mm -hmm. but it is not about me. And my job, essentially, with my kids, I feel my mission, my job, my vision is to help them learn and uncover how to live a life where they get to be um, self-sufficient. They get to be, you know, living in their own freedom, in their own... um, just to know how to communicate better because I didn't feel like I, I had any of those skills for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. I'll pray, I'll call a friend and bitch about it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say, I don't know what to do. I hate being a mom. You know, I'll get all that, I'll barf all that stuff out and then I'll do something else. Mm-hmm. I'll do something else. I'll I'll do even if it's as simple as playing solitaire on my phone. Right. Move, right? A, move a muscle. Yep. Or I'll clean. Or I'll go to a meeting. Or I'll you know I'm picking up the phone. This one I do something to to get out of it. And then when they have calmed down, mm-hmm. because what I've learned is that talking to them when they're still upset never is uh, very effective. They don't hear. Just like I don't hear when right. I'm mad. So I wait, and sometimes I bring it up specifically, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just sit with them and hang out mm-hmm. and talk to them and ask them how they're doing. And so it really is based on how I'm reading the room. Right. But what I do is I go through what I did wrong, what I could have done better. In those conversations that I have with either my sponsor and my, if I'm if I'm on top of my game, I'll do a tenth step about Mm -hmm. it, which is where we just go through those questions that I just went through with you. I'll do those sometimes out loud, sometimes on paper, mostly with people. Usually, I run through that check checklist Mm -hmm. with somebody else. That seems to be more effective to me. I'm a verbal one, and then sometimes I go to them and say, "I really wish I didn't talk to you that way. I I didn't mean that." Or sometimes I say, I was, you know, out of line. I was really mad. I want you to know I'm working on that. But so with Maya specifically, she hates when I say that. Yeah. Because she's like, but you keep doing it. You know, she's like, you should know better. She has this big idealistic (laughs) 19-year-old brain. And so it doesn't work. So I get to just live differently with her Mm -hmm. and change that behavior. This is really cool what I'm hearing um, and was obviously very different in my life growing up is that you are modeling for them how to deal with conflict and how to deal with tough emotions and you're showing them that it's it's okay to be upset but you don't have to hold a grudge. And you don't have to punish because they were upset or you were upset. There's no punishment involved. And that, even though you may not even see it happen, that they realize at that moment, that is like it becomes part of their, it's part of their um, brainstem, basically. That's how they're going to deal with conflict is because you have modeled this for them. And that is just so freaking cool. Well, it doesn't feel like, in the moment, it doesn't feel like I'm modeling shit. It feels like I'm fucking it up and Mm -hmm. I feel like a terrible parent. But it's 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 the after effects. It's the ripple effect is what you're showing that there's no punishment, there's no fallout. Because you and I, we had punishment and we had fallout. Yeah. They don't. So you can have these really heated moments where they're upset, you're upset, they fucked up, you didn't handle it right. Because we're human. Again, we're human. Mm-hmm. But I think what is really going to um, mold them, I think is the word, is that there's not going to be this kind of repercussion punishment because they were human. And I'm not going to hold it over their head yeah. forever. But what I have been doing lately, which is really interesting, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. I think it might have something to do with this transformational leadership mm-hmm. and AA mixed together, mm-hmm. but what I've been doing is speaking strongly about what I do need them to do. Right. And instead of, so before I learned that you say, okay, I need you to take out the trash. Let's just say the trash is a good example. I need you to take out the trash, or would you please take out the trash today? And what I realized is if they didn't do it within an hour, two hours, and they're just sitting there on their phone doing nothing, I would get angry, mm-hmm. right? So then I learned, okay, would you take out the trash by 3 p.m.? Right, and they just disregarded that, and then we would get into these little scuffles. And so then I would finally, and then sometimes what I do say, which is really not nice, is you're being lazy or you're being selfish. Those are my two 
go tos. Yeah. Right. And um, what I and then Maya says I'm lazy too and I don't do anything. Right. <laughs> and then I get really defensive. Yeah, I got in the middle of one of those skirmishes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so so then I um, then I. I used to take out the garbage anyways and just say that they were wrong and like yeah, proving it. Mad. Like that was my marriage <laughs> in a nutshell. And he knew it and he was playing me the whole like, time. Go, go ahead. I was like, well, if you're going to do it, why should I get up? Um, so, so now what I do is I say, okay, I'm going to need you to do it. And then when they don't, then there are consequences to their behavior where I say, I won't do this or I'm not going to, you know, I I bring it back to that without calling them names Yeah, and with expectations of, okay, this is what I expect when you're here. So I expect you to take out the trash. I expect you to clean out your, you know, not just your, I expect you to put the dishes in the dishwasher and whatever. Mm -hmm. So like whatever it is, I am now very good about voicing what I expect that's reasonable. I and 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 what I've learned, I don't know where this is all coming from. <laughs> and what I've learned is to ask if that's reasonable or do you understand what right. I'm saying or what are you hearing me say? So it's it's all this stuff coming together and I don't do it perfectly every time, but I'm doing it more and more. So what you practice grows stronger. It's, and that's funny because I'm, uh, I have a new assistant. He's you know, been with me a couple of months. And people have different priorities. They see things differently. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I like things organized. You know, I have a very specific way of keeping, keeping my <laughs> yes, house straight does. at work. Yes, and does. it's funny because that does not roll over into like my personal space for some reason. But at work it does. So I had to rein that in and have a talk and say, okay, these are my non-negotiables. That and we have to do this for health safety, you know. Period. These are the things I'd like to see, but I'm absolutely open to you having a different way of doing it, and that's okay as long as you know we get to whatever. So making it perfectly clear, and and really yes. that's what it all boils down to is communication yeah. and communicating what's the yeah. And I could have wow. never done that before. No. And and for me to be confident enough to say these are non-negotiables, and it's not because it's a personal thing that I just want it that way because that's how I like it. I had that took some work for me to figure out. No, this is just important because of health and safety. Period. The end. It has nothing to do with how I would like it done. So what this makes pops into my brain is we get to uncover by working this program. Mm -hmm. We get to uncover what is important and what isn't important. Yeah. And by going through that on a daily basis, because really, truthfully, the steps. One of the steps is to go through any of those moments and. And go through the check checklist of mm-hmm. okay, where where was I at fault? What could I have done differently? You know, blah blah blah. Asking for help. Please take away this character. You know, there's a lot of steps that we get to do, but it it really takes us away from this all or nothing, right? It absolutely does. And you know, we again kind of got fast tracked with this whole. Um, Program. We got brainwashed. Well, I was going to say brain programming because <laughs> yeah. we're creating new neural paths. It's, it's basically if you want to create a new habit, you have to create a new path for your brain because the hab- a habit is something that is not thought about. We've done it so many times, it's by rote. It's right. like the body English, you just do it without thinking. So we want to have in place, like for me to respond instead of react and not say something that's hurtful, I want to have in place my habit of taking a breath. Before I say something, even though I'm upset. Going in my room saying, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. That's my first response. I used to go to, okay, so when I first got sober, this is for all you newly sober people. When Mm -hmm. I first got sober, I got a brand new job and I was five days sober. (laughs) And it was a sales job and I wanted to look good. And and I remember I would go into the bathroom and say the serenity prayer over and over again Mm -hmm. so many times because I just didn't know how to handle myself. Yeah, serenity now. Yeah. God, please. Huh. I know. Um, so I think what I'm kind of bringing Neural it back pathways. to. Neural pathways. Yeah, yeah, what I'm bringing it back to, um, why sobriety has to be number one in my life is because I want to live the life that sobriety gives me. And I can't do that if I'm not practicing constantly. Because as with any habit, if you don't stay on it, something else will replace it. You know, it's it's we're vacuum. So if you take something away and you kind of stop doing, if you get lazy about it, something's going to get put in that place. 
And Isn't I, that weird? It is. And I get to choose, but... If I'm lazy and if I listen to the the part of my negotiation that says, yeah, but you're tired and you deserve, you deserve to stay in bed today. Because I kind of did. Mm-hmm. So did I. But what I got out of, so this is why I choose recovery is because what I got out of today was so much more fulfilling and expansive and... Uh, energizing. Energizing. And I, I'm able to share that with others in my life. I'm going to my family. I'm here mm-hmm. with you. I'm recording this, whatever. I get to share that out yep. so that I can be, I can have true pride in a good way. Like I can have real, I can be, I can have that integrity of being my, I'm walking the walk and talking the talk. Right. I'm aligned. Exactly. And this morning when we were in the meeting, one of the roads, words that I wrote down was integrity. And I often talk about how important it is to me to li- live an honest life. And it really is. Integrity has become so important to me. And it's because I want to be able to look in the mirror in the morning and I want to be able to talk to people like Vicki and the people at the meeting this morning and be able to do it with a clean, fresh slate, an open heart and be open and receptive. I mean, all the, that's what's important to me now. That's what I'm attached to. You know, that's the life that I want. And I would not, could not have it if I wasn't doing the work daily to keep those good habits in place. You know, the wagon mill ruts that I'm creating, I want those to get deeper. I want that to be my always as much as I can because I'm human. Yeah, because we are going to go back to those other ways. Sure. And when we notice it sooner, you notice. I mean, you, it didn't take you two days to notice that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I notice it right when it's happening, whereas before it would have taken... I would have... Before, with that conversation with my daughter, I would have been on the phone with somebody Mm -hmm. moaning and groaning about all this stuff. Instead, I first went inside, then I talked it through because people, because I've practiced it enough with them that they know that I get to verbally process it and they get to listen without judge. You Mm -hmm. know, like we've asked for what it's. Like all these things are so intermingled mm-hmm. that there, that it's it's why it works, but it doesn't work if we just say it. Yeah, well, and it's not a one and done. It's like you don't just go through it once. And the all or nothing this morning when I was thinking about it, it's like it is constant work. It is constantly checking in. It is constantly. But for me, that is a very small price to pay. Oh goodness gracious! To have yeah. to have serenity and peace. Uh, one of our other friends said, "You know, that's really her all she wants in life now." And uh, you know, happiness is the byproduct for me of serenity and peace. That's my happiness. Yeah, that's true joy for me. That's mm-hmm. when when like when I am lit up like I am right now. Yeah. I would still be tired. So if I didn't go to that meeting, even if we recorded, I would be dragging. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be, you know, I mean, and I would still be sober. Yeah. Right? I would still be okay. I think my side of the street would still be clean. Mm -hmm. But look at how much better I am because of that moment. Right. Of that choice. Yep. That choice of doing what not always is the easiest, but what is the best for us, like going to the gym. Yeah, you know, or right. or picking fruit instead of a donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday Ken and I went to Portillo's, and if anyone isn't from the Chicago area, Portillo's is delightful. And I wanted to get a cheesy beef, and um, you know they have the calories on there now, and I'm I'm a little bit in the you know um, heavier side than not a, not even heavier. I'm in the side of not as healthy as I normally am, and um, so. I ordered a 340-calorie hot dog. and Yeah. Um, no fries? No fries. Oh. But so we, we... They have really good fries. They have really they good have fries. They have the best fries, I think, out of anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, personal opinion. And they... Then Ken was deciding if he wanted to get a beef or a salad, a beef or a salad. I'm like, how about this? How about we split the hot dog and split the salad because we were going to a party, Mm -hmm. but we didn't eat and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we went to Portillo's, split a hot dog and had a Greek salad. (laughs) And there was only, you know, however many calories, it doesn't matter. He (laughs) ate the bread. I didn't eat the bread. I had the bread from the hot dog. But, you know, it was, I made that choice and I felt better about eating that piece of ice cream cake. That's right. No guilt with the ice cream cake. Man. Yep. What a choice. Yeah. 
Ugh, it's hard. And luckily, life presents us with choices constantly. <laughs> I know. And don't think that we like this stuff. Uh-uh. Like, it's not fun to always do this stuff, but the upside is so much more rewarding, fulfilling. Yeah. 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 It's definitely the. Um, it's juicier. Yeah. And it, it's that's being in alignment more better, more better in, in alignment with um, myself, I understand what's most important. And the, the values I had, I was meeting with my therapist a couple of weeks ago and she said, what are your core values? And those really, I mean, it's peace and serenity. I just, you know, I want to have a peaceful life and I know what it takes to have that, yeah. to, to not just attain it, but to retain it. Ooh, and recreate it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we do every day. And that's yeah. why, let me, there are so many things that I've learned in the 12 step program of one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you were talking about the watermelon not being good this year, <laughs> yeah. and but then there was a good one, and yeah. you're just like, you so enjoy it. It's every day isn't the big juicy watermelon day, right? Mm-hmm. Every day it doesn't taste that good, like mandarins or something I like to eat. And when you get a good juicy one that yeah. tastes just the right sweetness that you like. Then you appreciate it. Oh, right? So so I guess, you know, for me, recovery is like, it's a daily process and all of it isn't always fun mm-hmm. and it isn't always roses and unicorns farting rainbows and stars and sparkles. And mermaids. And mermaids. <laughs> but what it is, is it's so much more more um, when it's good, it's really good. Yeah, and you appreciate it's it. It's wholesome. It's like, I mean, and wholesome, not meaning like a teetotaler. It's it's genuine. It's authentic. It's 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 real belly laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, we're lucky. We are lucky to be able to be with a group of people that. Because I wasn't really in the mood. I'll be honest, I wasn't in the mood either because, you know, I'm, I was tired and I did some things in the morning and I was working on some stuff at my house. And I'm just getting to the age now. It's like if I've been home all day or been doing things all day and at four o'clock I got to go somewhere and be on, even though I don't really have to be on these people, you still do. I mean, you, you show feel up. like you do, but when you show up, you don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and, just like a meeting. Yeah, I had to talk myself into it. Mm hmm. And it wasn't that I wasn't going to go, but I was not enthused about it. Yeah, me either. (laughs) Me either. And it ended up being magical. Uh, It was so magical. Yeah, we talked about the inside of cows. I mean, I'm not even going to go there because it was so weird, but we just had the weirdest. I I think all of our weirds match. Yes, absolutely. I wonder what the new person thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had a new person that that came with. No, I think she fit in perfectly. Perfect. I know. That's the the beauty of this program Mm -hmm. is that we um, aren't exclusive, we're inclusive. We are inclusive. Oh my goodness. And we so are good. Lucky. So good. So thank you for listening. I got a golden nugget. Oh yes. Yes, I have several. Um and I have so many and thank you, Vicky, for just, you know, being being um lit up about this today because it, it was really exciting to to listen to you and to, I just wish you all could watch her when she's talking. Like the enthusiasm and joy just comes out of all of her pores. I swear she Aww. like her aura is very beautiful today. Um, but what I really liked is when you were talking about your conflicts and you have to keep reminding yourself it's not about me. And then you, what that gives you is you're you're given the gift of uncovering parts of you that you need to grow on, that you need to work on, that you that you get to grow. Yeah, because I'm perfect right now. How we are, right? Like we're whole. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I learned today by going to that meeting was that life can be. Um, have more depth, have more vastness, have more oomph. Density. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so my golden nugget is, um, guess what? Still having those things pop up. Okay, so is (laughs) these are my notes. I know I take notes. So it's because when we take the action, right? So the acceptance and faith and recovery, being sober from alcohol, from my disease. That is one level of beauty in my life. I don't have hangovers. Mm -hmm. I don't have consequences. I don't drive drunk anymore, right? Uh, But then 
when I uncover all these things and I take this action that they take that they arbitrarily tell me to take and just trust them, yeah. when I do that, then this kind of stuff happens right. that you can't put words to. It's more of a of a feeling of an experience of a way of being that is more than I ever thought was possible. Absolutely. Like, I didn't know that this was possible. I just thought that life was very flat. Yeah, and flat was better than below level, Yeah, which is what we were. Miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were well below the, the median. Um, and also with that, um, it makes me think about um, that there is no limit to what we can do and what we can be and what we can grow into. Yeah, it's, life is limitless. Mm-hmm. It's just us putting the cap on it. Yeah. And that's a pretend cap. So we get to be in our creativity when we commune with each other and other people and this higher power business. And we, yeah, there's just so, so much available yep. if we open ourselves up to that possibility of having our pride hurt and our ego hurt mm-hmm. and noticing when we make mistakes and that sucky feeling. But yeah. we don't have to live there. We don't have to live in it anymore. Ooh, juicy. Oh, thank you. So don't forget to share, subscribe, review. Yes, yes. We get to help people if we share. Uh, that's share it. Share it. Share Sharon it is Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and not a Karen, you know. No. Don't be a Karen about your Sharon. You to do this. Be a Care Bear. Be a Care Bear. <laughs> care Bear, share. Whoosh. We'll send that picture. All right. Love you all. Happy, happy day. This happy is a day. long one. I, I love it. Get it. Drive out. Drive out. <laughs>